0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
1: We are so excited today to have one of the world's most profound spiritual leaders with regard to creativity on our show. For the second time, Julia Cameron comes back to Authentic Living to talk to us about her upcoming live online artist way course which will be filmed from her own santa fe living room and the surrounding artist community though for centuries it's been thought that creativity was reserved for those elected special few who were gifted with some rare talent we are now beginning to see and largely due to julia's efforts that creativity is one of our best and most available and accessible ways of connecting to the authentic self and to our own spirituality Julia Cameron has been an active artist for more than 30 years and is the author of over 30 books, including the bestsellers The Artist's Way*, Walking in This World, and Finding Water. She's also a playwright, songwriter, and poet with multiple credits in theater, film, and television. And today, we're going to be talking about creativity as a pathway to the authentic self and spirituality. And I want to tell you, stay tuned, because later in the show, we're going to tell you about how you can get 25% off your membership to juliacameron.com, juliacameronlive.com. Julia, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're so glad to have you. Well, you're welcome. So, can you tell us why you decided to do this as a live format?
2: Well, you know, I travel to teach, and uh, it's very grueling. Uh, and I I will fly in, and I'll have maybe 65 people or 70. Uh, and those will be um, people who participate in uh, learning artist Way tools. And I found myself thinking there are probably many people who can't make it to these venues uh, and who would like to learn artist Way tools. Uh, and so I thought, well, why don't I, why don't I try teaching online? I taught uh, in my living room when I first started teaching creative unblocking. I would have a little group of people, a cluster of maybe 10 people in my living room. And I decided, let's try and do it in the living room again and make it a really intimate uh, exchange if we could. So that's what we've done. Wonderful. Wonderful. And and I
1: I have been to your site and I really like it and it's uh I want to tell all the listeners it's www.juliacameronlive.com. So uh you can check it out right now if you're listening if you want to. Uh, you know, you've taught us so much Julia about the whole idea of creativity and what you said on your um on your video there on your website is that creativity and spirituality are the same thing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means?
2: Well, I think that when you are being creative, you're moving forward on faith. It's, it's literally an act of faith to, to fill in a blank page or step, step onto the stage or um, to sing or to sculpt. Uh, you're, you're taking a risk. You're moving from the known into the unknown. And uh, this, to me is the heart of spirituality where you are moving forward into a into a space that hasn't been filled before. Yeah, that's a very well that's
1: very well said. It absolutely is. That that's one of those things that people say all the time. I'm looking at the blank canvas and I just don't know what to do with it. But what you're saying is Trusting that process gets us to fill in the blank canvas. Yes. Absolutely. That's wonderful. You know, another thing, I'm also a poet. Um, I'm certainly not as published as you are, but I am a poet. And I and one of the things that I discovered as I was um, sort of growing into that was that there was a river below everything else that I could tap into, and it would just flow.
2: Yes, Uh that's exactly the image that I use. I think of our creativity as being an ongoing flow, uh, a river that's just beneath our consciousness, and we tap into it, and I do a process that I call dropping down the well, mm. and we, we drop down from our ordinary consciousness, and we tap into this flow, mm-hmm. and that's where we get our poems. Yeah, and then you go back and
1: read it later and go, oh, did that come out of me? (laughs) Yes, who
2: wrote that? (laughs) Yeah,
1: really? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and that flow, you know, when I think about that flow, you know, people talk about, well, I was divinely inspired to write this, and I I think that might be
2: what they're talking about. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think uh, it always feels a a little bit pretentious to say I was divinely inspired. Yeah. Uh, But I think the truth is that we are, Uh and I know when I go back and read, I have a prayer book called Prayers to the Great Creator, uh, and it's four prayer books in one that I wrote over about a 12-year period, Mm -hmm. and I read it at night before I fall asleep, and I find myself thinking, who wrote these things? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. It, and and I I liken it a little bit to the place we go to when we meditate, when we get into a deep meditation where we just get information we didn't have access to before. hmm Yeah. Yeah, so it really is a spiritual journey. It's not just, you know, the faith of the process. It's the process itself that gets us in touch to d- with deeper places within ourselves. Yes. So, okay, you know, you've talked about some tools. Would you give us just an example? Uh, you just talked about going going down to the well. Could you give us an example of a couple of other the tools that you teach so that we'll sort of whet the appetites of our listening audience a little bit?
2: Well, I would say that there are three basic tools. Uh, the first tool is something called morning pages. Uh, morning pages are three pages of longhand morning writing, strictly stream of consciousness about absolutely anything and they are intended to provoke uh, and catalyze and comfort and clarify and prioritize and synchronize your day so they have a profound impact Uh, and If I say to people, I have a tool, it's hard work, you have to get up early, they say, fine, we'll do it uh, because this is America and we understand work. (laughs) So that's the first tool, Morning Pages, where you're sort of sending to the universe saying, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I want more of, this is what I want less of. The second tool... Is, is something that seems almost like a non-tool. Uh, it's simply put to take yourself out once a week and play. Take yourself out on what I call an artist date where you go do something that interests you. Uh, and it's uh, interesting when I'm teaching, uh, people will do the morning pages right away because those are work, and we understand working on our creativity. But when they say, now you're going to go out alone once a week and just have fun, people balk. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's much harder to get people to do artist dates than it is to get them to do morning pages. Very interesting. Artist dates are sort of receiving, where you, you go out and you've, you've done your sending with your morning pages and now you sort of switch the dial over to receive and you get hunches, intuitions, urges uh, and those things um, come to you when you are relaxed. Yeah. So the third tool is a very simple tool and that's simply go for a walk. And I ask, students to walk twice a week for about 20 minutes at a crack. And what they do when they're walking is that they start to synchronize uh, the insights that have come to them through Morning Pages and artist states. They integrate them. So those are the three tools. They're
1: very simple. Yeah, they are, and they're all about life energy, aren't they? Yes. Yep. Yeah and I'm thinking about what you said about how it is easier for us to work than play and and it brings up the whole idea of the internal editor which we're probably not going to get to talk about during this particular um segment we might talk about it after the break but but I'm thinking about the whole idea of play as creativity isn't isn't all play in some sense a form of creativity
2: Yes I would say that it is
1: Yeah so we're so as we're inventing our play, we are creating something new and different and, and allowing ourselves to participate in it. One of the things I remember from being little, and I'm sure you do, and our audience does as well, is making up characters to play into, you know. Right. Cowboys and Indians, or you know, that was back in the 1950s. But, uh, you know, the idea of just being able to get out there and do something that isn't your normal routine involves some kind of creative endeavor. I can definitely see how that would work.
2: Well, we have the phrase, the play of ideas, Mm -hmm. but we don't often take that phrase literally. So say some more about that. What does that mean? Well, you know, we say, uh, I had a play of ideas, and by that we mean we started to have insights, urges, intuitions, uh, and they came to us. Uh, and they came to us lightly. And when we do our artist dates we we start to have this this synchronized.
1: Well, I think we lost you. Are you there for a minute? I'm here. Are you there? Okay. We're start to have this synchronized flow. Flow,
2: yes. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely we do. Yep. And that is the flow, that is the river you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh I think that so many people are daunted by the word creativity
2: itself. Would you agree with that? Well I think it's because we have a lot of mythology around creativity. Okay. You know, we we have negative mythology around artists. We tend to think they're broke they're crazy, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're loners, Um, and all of these things make us afraid to commit creativity. Mm. We're we're afraid, you know, we have either-or thinking that says something like, either I can be an artist or I can be a good mother.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah.
2: And we... We put a price tag on our creativity that strikes us as being too high to pay, mm-hmm. and then we're afraid to be creative.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we've also got that old thing: you can't make money at that,
2: you know. Right. We have a mythology that that tells us artists are broke.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, broke financially.
2: Okay, I see. And we don't realize that um, when you go and move ahead into your creativity. You often move ahead into a new cash flow.
1: Uh huh. Sort of like the old uh, Joseph Campbell: follow your bliss, and the money will follow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I knew someone actually who was um, late uh, late fifties, early sixties, who actually started a career as an artist and made big bucks. You know. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after the break with more from Julia Cameron. And remember to stay tuned to listen for how you can get that 25% off to the Julia Cameron Live membership. I mean, JuliaCameronLive.com membership. Stay tuned.
2: Awakened Media for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network.
3: The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences' research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare.
0: care. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now.
1: on a higher dimension 7th wave network
0: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll free 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we are so excited to have Julia Cameron talking to us about her upcoming online Live Artist's Way course that you can learn more about at www.juliacameronlive.com. And we talked just before the break about some of the mythologies about, um, about artists and art and creativity itself, and I wanted to talk just a little bit more about that, the idea that artists are crazy. Uh, where did, why do we have that mythology?
2: I'm not sure where it started Uh, But I do know that we've got it in spades. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
2: And I think uh, that we have a lot of confusion of artists and alcoholics. Uh, You know, many of our finest writers were alcoholic. And we think of that as being something that goes hand in glove with creativity. Mm -hmm. So... I think uh, that that that's partially where we get our concepts and then also realize that that we are a generation where we have our artists as told to us by the press. Mm -hmm. So uh, the press will make a dramatic story. Uh, And uh, we have a, a mythology that says that there is such a thing as real artists as opposed to the rest of us. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, And so real artists are artists who are not afraid uh, and who are born knowing they are artists and go right into their creativity at a young age. Okay. And uh, we don't very often hear... Artist to artist talk, where where an, an artist who is an esteemed artist will have a chance to be candid about what it was like for him. Um, I have uh, I'm thinking of of Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm, who we we all read the stories. Even got his first movie camera at age eight. He You know, and it's very upbeat, and we don't hear uh, what I was privileged to hear, which was hearing Stephen say that he thought he should give up on his ideas of making movies about extraterrestrials. Wow. And uh, Brian De Palma uh, said to him, Stephen, every time you talk about extraterrestrials, you get excited. I think you should keep on, and he did keep on, and we have Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T. Right. But those were ideas that he was giving up on because he was so discouraged. Wow. Wow. Absolutely, yes,
1: and we can definitely get discouraged along the way because of all this, of the mythology and the negativism about it. Um because of your, what you said, well, they're not, they're broke. I I, um, do some artwork as well. And um, I remember my mother telling me when I was a little girl that I was not going to be able to make any money at that. So I just needed to quit. So yeah, there's a whole lot of um, downplay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. And then we have the internalized editor. So we have that guy sitting on our shoulders saying, yeah, don't do right that. Don't, do that stroke, do this,
2: and don't write that word. Write this way, you know. How do we deal with him? Well, one of the things that I think is that the morning pages helps us to miniaturize our sensor. Okay. Um, because there's no wrong way to do morning pages, mm-hmm. uh, the censor will say, oh, Becky, you're so negative, and you will respond, Thank you for sharing. <laughs> and keep right on writing. Right. And so what you're doing when you keep right on writing despite the censor's comments what you are doing is you are training the censor to stand to one side and let you create. Very cool. Very so cool. it's it's really a portable skill. Uh, You start off uh, doing morning pages and telling your censor to be quiet, and then you decide you're going to do improv comedy. And right as you step onto the stage, your censor says, Are you out of your mind? (laughs) And you say to the censor, Thank you for sharing. Here
1: I go. Yeah, okay.
2: And you you step into the arena. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually the sensor quiets. Yes, but I want to be clear that the sensor does not go away, that uh, people sometimes think that they could come study with me and learn how not to be afraid. Okay. And instead I say to them, no, what you're going to learn how to do is feel the fear and do it anyway. hmm Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I guess that's the trip down the well, too, is that you're having to uh, go past that sensor before you get all the way to the bottom of the well.
2: Yes. I spent last year writing a book called The Creative Life, and as I was writing it, my sensor kept saying to me, this is a terrible book. Mm -hmm. This is a horrible book. Mm -hmm. And I had learned to ignore the sensor and just keep going. Uh, but it was uh, pretty daunting. Uh, and then when the book came out, I read it, and it's a nice book. You know, so my censor was was just engaging in emotional terrorism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely, that's exactly how I would describe that. It is emotional terrorism, and we, we can be held hostage by it, too, can't we? Yes. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, I'm sure you know this, you've seen this uh, a lot more much more than I've seen it, but but I've known so many people who were so talented but would not just take that risk to put it on out there. And it's it's sad to watch, it's hard to watch. Right. I
2: think uh that when I teach people, uh they they come to me blocked. Mm. They may be functioning at, at some level, but there's a lot more that they could be doing if they had the courage. Mm-hmm. And so I think what the tools do is the tools teach us the courage, uh, and they teach us how to step past the sensor. They, they teach us how to go ahead and, and create art anyway, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely, that's beautiful. Well, one of the other things that I think um, that that I think that we can get from creativity is answers. <laughs> Sometimes just being in that place of the flow sets me free to to figure out a problem.
2: Yes. One of the things that I tell people is after they do their morning pages to try asking a question. Mm. And say, what should I do about X? And then listen for the answer, and write out the answer. I I believe that we get a great deal of guidance, uh, and we need to learn to trust it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: that it, it, there, it's that same kind of thing. Your guidance is sort of looking at an empty canvas and putting something on it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all right. We're going to be back with more from Julia Cameron in just a minute. And remember to stay tuned for learning how you can save 25% on the membership. We'll be back in just a minute.
2: Awakened media for a transforming world.
3: Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences' research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care.
1: Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today.
0: wellness network awakened media for a
3: transforming world seventh wave network
1: And we're back talking today with Julia Cameron about her upcoming online live artist way course that she's going to be doing from her own Santa Fe living room uh, and um, we want we will be talking later about how you can get a 25% off uh, of your membership to join that group um, I want to talk a little bit about I will talk well, I was starting to say during the during the break that um i think that creativity has saved my own life many many times that i'm one of those people who if i get creative uh, then everything else seems to fall into place and if i'm not creative then things seem to get to fall out of place right so um you know can you say something about that what that's about all about
2: i'm not even sure i understand it well i think You know, we have this mythology that says that artists are unhappy Mm -hmm. and that makes us afraid to commit art. And then if we learn to step past that fear and past the censor who's telling us we're crazy, uh, then we find uh, that we actually cheer up Mm -hmm. Uh, and that artists who are functioning in their art um, are often very happy. Uh, and they have a joy that's contagious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about teaching the artist's way is that it, it gets passed from person to person, uh, and it has a sort of uh, contagion to it. Somebody will watch uh, someone go through the process and see how much happier they get, and then they'll think, well, maybe I should try that. <laughs> yeah. And then
1: yeah. they do. hmm Yeah, so I, I imagine a group of 70 people in a room might be quite bubbly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, you know, we'll see what happens when that's online because, you know, that's going to be all over the nation and around the world, and, you know, who knows what, what shifts in consciousness might take place as a, as a result of that contagion.
2: Well, I think uh, I, I, I was pleased with uh, the way that the, the course turned out. Uh-huh. Um, I was working with Emma Lively, uh, who was the producer, and Emma has worked with me for 11 years. Mm-hmm. So she has heard many people ask questions. So when we were doing the course, she would ask me the, those most asked questions. Oh okay we were able uh, We were able to answer them online mm-hmm. so i think uh I think that the course is is a pretty deep experience, and uh people are able to contact me through the um through the website. Uh, and through Twitter and Facebook, and they can learn uh, if they have a pressing question, they can ask it, uh, and we get back to them with an answer
1: Wonderful, wonderful yeah and I've been to your twitter and Facebook sites, and they are lovely, so it'll be it's a experience a creative experience just going to those sites, so that's really cool.
2: Well, oh, thank you.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, what about the creation itself? I mean, you know, one of the things that I've heard and I've I've certainly experienced in my life is you you write something or you uh, or you paint something or you create something and and it seems to take a life of its own. How how do we let it do that without sort of trying to keep
2: it for ourselves? Well, I think it's comes back down to fear again. Right? Okay, so first of all, we're afraid to make something. And then we make something, and then we're afraid to show it to people. (laughs) Uh, And so it comes down to using your tools uh, with your morning pages and writing, I'm afraid to show this. And there's something about putting it in black and white, your fears, uh, that begins to move you through them. And I also believe in something that I call believing mirrors. And believing mirrors are people who are on our side, uh, who see the best in us, who see our potential. And so I, first of all, make something, and then I share it with a little group of believing mirrors, maybe, you know, five or six people whom I have learned over the years have a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And so I show it to the believing mirrors, and if they say, hey, this is pretty good, then I say, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is pretty good. Okay. Wonderful. That's great. But so you,
1: So you get the support you need before you launch it. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then what about you've launched it now, and people have their own ideas about it. What do you do with that?
2: Well, that's where you're powerless. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, somebody has uh, their concept, uh, and I've learned to say that what you think of me is none of my business. Hmm. Yeah,
1: or my work. What you right. think of my work is none of my business. Yeah, that that piece, uh, it it came to me in one of my experiences when I I was sending off poetry to several different publishers and getting rejected and re- rejected and then i became an editor of a ma- of a little small press and and i w- was the rejector i was the one who was rejecting poetry or fiction or whatever because i had an idea about what i wanted to happen in that magazine and i began to realize that really when somebody rejects my work it's not because i'm bad it's because they have an idea about what they're trying to create with their magazine. <laughs> right. And when I got that it was like, Oh, okay, I don't have to take this personally, I can just let this go and see what happens. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then I began to get more pub- published more frequently. Interesting phenomenon. But yeah, uh that 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 piece of letting it go and I think isn't that one of the things we're afraid of when we do the work is that we're afraid that somebody's gonna attack it and mm-hmm not like it
2: and therefore it's
1: going to reflect badly on us
2: well there's an exercise in the artist's way called blasting through blocks Mm -hmm. and blasting through blocks involves writing down all of your angers and your fears connected to a piece of work before you send it into the world
1: wonderful wonderful that's great so you get some peace about that before you ever send it off right absolutely yeah, we should probably do that before we have babies too. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good exercise for all pregnant women and and uh, fathers as well. Yeah. So okay. So what we're talking about throughout this process is creating room inside of yourself for your creativity. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, I would say that's a fair way to put it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and we we live and basically live in an over the overview of society that says, you know, no uh uh-uh, don't do that. Don't 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 be creative. Do follow the line, you know, the dotted lines. Stay in the lines. Don't think outside the box. Don't wear orange
2: shoelaces on your tennis shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I find uh, I was uh I was teaching in Chicago And I had a woman say to me, Julia, have you ever had anybody go crazy from doing your work? Mm. And I said, no, but there's always a first time. (laughs) So if you write your morning pages and you find yourself going crazy, you have to agree to go to therapy. Right. And she said, well, okay. Uh, And about two weeks later, she came in with a brown envelope and handed it to me, and it was... A um, a short story. And that was the good news. It was just brilliantly written. Wow. Uh, and the bad news was it was a short story about incest. Mm. And so I said to her, "Do you think you've unblocked some memories?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, remember our deal about you're going to go to therapy." So she went to therapy, and I finished the course. And about. Six weeks later, I got a letter in the mail from her which said, Dear Julia, I thought you'd like to know that I just won my first playwriting contest. Oh, my gosh. So there's really no such thing as it's too late to be creative. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's no such thing as it's not worth the, the gamble. mm mm-hmm. uh, I have many, many people who are in their 50s and 60s and doing my work, and I find that their being a little bit older actually gives them an advantage. Mm -hmm. They have more life history. They have more experience. Uh, And often when they move into their careers, they're very successful. Wow. Deeper river to draw from. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I and I I that we're too old to that phrase um every time I hear it I want to go really seriously you're still alive.
2: <laughs> right. You know,
1: because it's it's it, that idea it puts puts old age into us. I think my theory is that it does that. So okay. So all right, you when you said uh, we get in touch with things, sometimes when you talked about your, your, uh, the person that we were working with who was afraid she would go crazy, and what she came up with was memories of incest. She didn't go crazy, but she did come up with memories of incest, and that is, I think, one of the things that people fear is when they go down into the well, they're going to come up with something they don't really want to know about. So uh, that fear is... You know, one of the things that I think about is that, that our fears are are only keeping us from the thing we've already experienced. In that regard,
2: mm-hmm.
1: does that make sense?
2: Yes, I follow you.
1: Yeah. So, so I'm wondering if, um, we, you're like, for example, with this woman who wrote a play, would writing more about the incest, in particular, help, or how she felt about it, or how it affected her, or whatever? Would that be helpful, or would that be something that you would uh, say, no, let's, let's get you to therapy to talk about that?
2: Well, I think it's a good idea if you touch something that feels like a live wire to go talk to a trained professional. Right. But I also think that uh, the joy that you get from being unblocked uh, is, is huge, Mm-hmm. And I, I found, uh, you know, it's actually very rare to, that someone has something like incest uh, to uncover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: So you're not. It's not. It's a calculated risk first, but second, that, you know, yeah. If we uncover it, it's something that we've already been through. And, and we don't want to remember it, but, you know, what I, I say to people all the time as a therapist, I say this to people all the time that we're, we're uncovering something you've already been through the worst of.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So that, so now uncovering it can only give, give you yourself back. Right. All right. Well, we're going to be back for the last segment with Julia Cameron. Stay tuned for that and you'll learn then about how you can get 25% off your membership. Back in a minute.
3: for a transforming world 7th Wave Network The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care the Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit how will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in earth's history
2: You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org
0: connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%.
2: CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
0: That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthewsLPC.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back with our final segment with Julia Cameron today. And now is when I'm about to tell you how you can get your save, save 25% on your membership to Julia Cameron live.com. Um you can use the code are you ready to write this down the code is voice 25 that's voice v as in victor o-i-c-e voice 25 um, and you can use that for 48 hours for now and um, I've just spoken with Emma Lively and she tells me that um, you may extend that uh, later it, for people who listen to the archives. But for right now, it's only for 48 hours after the show airs today. So rush to juliacameronlive.com and get your uh, 25% off membership right now. So, okay, uh, Joey, you've said that uh, people can uh, interact with you through your website. Do you want to say anything else about that website or any other events you've got coming up?
2: Well, I just want to say that I I felt uh, that I was sort of guided, you know, as, as we were building the website. Uh, we would, uh, Emma would ask me a question, and I would, you know, as you say, drop down the well. Uh, drop down the well to get the answer, uh, and so I I feel like many of the questions that people have when they work with my work independently are answered uh, through this video, uh, and I'm, I it was interesting for me, you know. Of course, I was worried. Oh, I'm going to look fat. Huh. Oh, I'm I'm going to look nervous. Uh, And when the video came out and I looked at it, I I discovered that what I actually looked was serene and trustworthy. Wow. And I thought, that's not a bad thing for a teacher to look. That's right. Absolutely.
1: And you just had to go past your sensor then, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so what you're saying is that we all have these things and they, they come up, these voices of fear that come up for us. And that, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us or that we can't do it. It only means that it's something to work with. Right. Yeah. You know, fear
2: is basically something to to get past, mm-hmm. uh, not to expect it to go away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if if I were God, <laughs> here we go, if I were God, nobody would be afraid of anything and we'd all be just doing our thing. But that's not how we, uh, none of us got raised that way. We live in this world, and so we're going to have some fears, and we're going to have some doubts, and we're going to uh, wonder what other people think of us, and that's a big old boogie bear. And uh, so so what you're offering is a way, as we said, to uh, go down into the well, a way to dip down into that river, a way to make room inside yourself for your own creativity, and to trust that the creativity is there for you, Um Instead of judging, oh, I'm not creative, I'm not a creative person.
2: Right. We have a mythology that says that there are only a few people who are creative. And what I have found uh, through my teaching is that we are all creative.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got a friend who creates these beautiful meals, they look gorgeous, they taste be- uh, wonderful, and they smell heavenly. <laughs> and that's just, a, I can't do that. Um, she does it beautifully. So it's a very, it's a talent. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a brave thing to do, actually. When you think about it, you're going to serve somebody food they're going to put in their mouth. <laughs> that's a pretty brave thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so this whole thing about creativity is both a spiritual journey. It's a journey to your own authenticity. It's a journey that gives you the potential for guidance. It's a journey that brings you to uh, a place where you can produce something, whether it's a poem or a, a work of, of a novel or a, a nonfiction book or a piece of art or sculpture or a meal. Uh, you're producing something that, that comes from the very essence of you. You're bringing forth form, like kind of like God did when he created heaven and earth, if that's true. Right. Yeah. So that whole idea is that we are we have the capacity to do that and, and to, to sort of trust that, to be able to walk through the fear, um, give the fear room to be heard, but walk through it, and then move on into your creative effort. Yes. Do I have that right? Okay.
2: You've got that right. All right.
1: All right. So, okay, if... Um, so if somebody wanted to contact you, they could go to your website and just send you an email. Right. Okay, wonderful. That's wonderful. Direct contact with the maestro. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And, and you know, Julia, you have been one of the world's true, truly a maestro in the sense that you have taught us all to go deeper and to, to affirm ourselves on a level that that um, just hasn't been done. I'm so glad that you have this gift and have given it to us because I guess you could have kept it all for yourself, but you didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that you're talented as an actress and, as well as a writer and many other things, but you you shared it with us, and I want you to know how grateful I am for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything
2: else you want to communicate
1: with our listening audience
2: today before we go? Um I guess I would say go to georgiacameronlive.com and just take a peek and uh and see what you think. Okay. All right. That's a good that's a good plan.
1: Do that because now you know how you can get your 25% uh, off membership too and you have 48 hours. Go, race. Now, do it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Julia, for being on the show today. And, um, and we're going to close out for today. Thank you again for being on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. And next week we're going to be talking a little bit about a, a, an interesting topic, about um, the healer-helper archetype uh, or the role, because so many of us have an idea that we're supposed to be changing the world. We're supposed to be helping each other. Um, And so we're going to be talking about that whole idea about what it means to be a helper-healer. Do we really help and heal other people? Is it possible for us to really help and heal or heal another person? Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And uh, we're going to be learning a little bit about where we came by the idea of the healer archetype, the sort of Chiron, the wounded healer, as well as the idea of, the healer itself, what that means, what it means to have the power to heal another person. We, t- we spent a lot of time in our religion, religious circles and in our um, in our uh, ideas of reference with regard to the medical community and things like that about the healer. And we, we hold healers in great esteem. But I wonder. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
0: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.